0: Yes guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name is Gerns, I'm joined by Simran. And we're also joined by a special guest, Nilla as well. Welcome Nilla, it's great to have you on the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to meet you guys.
0: What you guys have missed in the past like 10 minutes is we've been having this massive like discussion where we're basically realising that do you know when you meet someone and you just, you're connected and like, they never say you're like never not connected from someone else, but like six people or you're something. You're never like seven people away yeah. from someone that you
2: know, or something like that. Yeah. But we're
0: apparently like all Two connected. People away. Yeah, so we're yeah.
1: connected. I Either swear. like
2: high school, Manchester, yeah. between Nottingham and London and uni, like. Too much. Yeah.
0: It's mad. But yeah. um, for the listeners at home Um, Do you want to just explain a little bit about yourself and also about the Nilla Nilla extract as well?
1: Of course. So, yeah, I'm Nilla. Um, I'm 21. Uh, I keep thinking that I should say I'm a student, but I'm not anymore, which is terrifying and just sinking in maybe now. Um, But I finished uni a couple of weeks ago. I started my show about a year and a bit ago. Actually, it's just been almost two years now. And uh, it was with Student Radio. Uh, it's all about amplifying minority communities and talking about societal issues that aren't really spoken about much, lots of taboos and normalising all these conversations that we should be having every day, but we unfortunately don't have enough. And um, I also started an educational platform where I post bite-sized content and try to make the information as accessible as possible. So that's me in a nutshell. I also like cooking and dinosaurs and bats. Yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Simran, you bath or shower? Shower girl. Yeah, sorry about that.
1: I but... mean, I can do like a bath once in a while, you know? Like, I can't do it every night. Baths just... are long. I feel like I don't have the
2: attention span for a bath. Like, I just, I get in there. It's a good idea. Lie there and I'm like, I need to get out now. The bath's done.
1: Mm. <laughs> but it takes so long to fill up.
2: I've not had a bath in... I would say seven years. Seven years? Sorry, that makes sound really dirty, doesn't it? No. I've had showers, obviously. <laughs> I shower every day. Have you gone for the swimming? record. Wait, do you Pardon? like swimming? Yeah, um mm, I can swim. That's about Prove it. it. Prove <laughs> it. <laughs> it <went> right now. <laughs> go. No, go. go swim now. <laughs> um so that makes me sound really dirty. No, no, no. I promise to do shower every day. But yeah, but also not me. Dinosaurs though, all over
0: it.
1: <laughs> Good. Approved.
0: <laughs> yeah i wasn't expecting that um rewinding though uh, going back obviously to the Nilla extract and what it's all about um you said about normalizing taboos um why do you or why did you decide i want to make a show centered around doing that like and why do you think it's so important that we do have these more time uncomfortable conversations like why do you feel it's so important to do that
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I never saw anyone who looked like you or me growing up talking about things that we face on a day-to-day basis. Even when I did, I just assumed that, oh, maybe just white people have mental health issues. Like, I've never seen anyone who looks like me have a panic attack on a show, for example. And I was just like, maybe I'm just dumb for having one, which is silly to assume. You know, the representation that we've had for years has been inadequate. I know things are changing now and we've made big moves in the industry, but things can always get better. I think it was just like years and years and years of not finding someone who I could relate to in the media, not finding, you know, like a common ground between people and also feeling like I never fit in anywhere. I was telling you guys, before we started this, how I moved around a bit in the middle. At one point I felt too Indian for, my brown friends and then I felt too British for my brown friends and it was just really really confusing to navigate and secondly there were so many social issues and taboos within the South Asian community which I never knew existed until I went to an Indian international school in Singapore for a bit where I was suddenly like what (laughs) like I, I thought this kind of discrimination only happened between people who aren't from the same culture or who are meant to be so different but you look like me, yet you're still mean. Do you know what I mean? I didn't realize how toxic cultures can be within the same like community. Um, I I was just in for a bit of a surprise, I guess. And so I started my show in lockdown, actually, because it was the only society at my university that was operating. Because it didn't need anyone, you know, you could just go into a room alone and broadcast and, you know, that'd be it. So I was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll try it out. And I, I was just thinking about what I wanted it to be about. I had no idea. And as a South Indian person and as a Tamil girl, I have I guess I've had my fair share of discrimination uh, because of that when I was at this brown school. And it was nothing like I'd ever experienced before. And for, I think for some reason I got reminded of it like a few days prior. Originally, I was going to just talk about music or something. And then suddenly I was like no, never mind that. I'm going to talk about this. Like, it was just so much anger that I'd been bubbling inside. Um, You know, I'd been speaking to my parents about this my whole life. I'd been talking to them about how out of place I felt, uh, how I felt, you know, undermined just because of my heritage. And so I put out my first episode, which was called um, Not Indian Enough. And I can't believe I did it. Like, I, I don't even know what I said. It was like, therapy almost. I just blurted out so much and I felt so much better. And my dad was proud of me and my mom was proud of me and I was proud of me, but it was just a bunch of things that needed to be said and it felt so good. But it also made me realize that as much as I like talking and Blabbering a lot as I'm kind of doing now. <laughs> I think it's really important to listen to people and listen to lived experiences and amplify the stories of people who don't necessarily have the same platform as me to tell their story. And I'm not an expert in any way about, you know, every community and every issue out there. And I can't talk on behalf of them either. So I really wanted to invite people on so I can unlearn things and learn things at the same time. And yeah, that's how kind of it all came together. I started inviting guests on the show. Sometimes I do it on my own. Sometimes I invite family members. We just talk about these issues and we talk about what we could do differently. It's all about addressing your privilege, you know, and talking about how we might have overlooked these things or how I could perceive these things differently. It's it's not just perfect because I've spoken to one or two people, but I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly unlearning. So um, in a long-winded answer, <laughs> that's, that's why I uh, wanted to start talking about these issues is because we need to keep having conversations like this. Otherwise things aren't going to change. And we have such a long way to go. And we need more and more people to know that they're not the only ones out there going through these difficult times. You know, there are always people out there to help. Um I definitely felt alone until I started my show, which is silly. I was like, I'm the only one being made fun of in the whole world. Uh, I'm the only bullied person. Uh, not true at all. <laughs> uh, so yeah. That's
2: why. First of all, love that. And it's such a like refreshing thing to hear, especially about the like unlearning and learning process of like, you know, just because I I resonate a lot with it, just because like the platform is there doesn't mean that you are like the expert in everything. Like there's still Mm. things that, because of certain things that might've happened in your past or because of certain things that you've just learned growing up, they're there to be unlearned because sometimes they're not the most like healthy mechanisms or to navigate the world with, right? But also I was going to say like, I don't know about you carlos but i I resonated with the thing about when we first started mango masala i was expecting to go into it like so a new drake album dropped today or like so this film came out like very surface level conversations about media sport music food like very just like chill laid back vibes and then growing into the show realizing that hey the platform's here it's growing we're uh, gaining an audience and people want to hear about us talk politics and social issues and colorism and racism and classism and you know the diaspora and things like that so i think we've grown into that kind of different sort of platform we, yeah we still do the like drake album talks but <laughs> on the other on the other hand, like the opportunity is there and it's our responsibility to take it and talk about it. Right.
1: Yeah. Especially since, as I was saying, like there's a lot of people who don't necessarily get the same opportunities and I feel very privileged to, you know, mistakenly stumbled upon radio. I've I've just been talking for so long with no media. So, you know, it, it's, it's um as you were saying, I think it's really important when you do have a platform, especially even if you're reaching like a hundred people, you know you don't know the impact that you're having on someone and it's important that you make sure you remember that you have the agency and you have the control over what you put out like it's you know and as you were saying as well i'm not an expert at all you know i make plenty of mistakes i i'm pretty sure i hold biases about topics that i haven't even been introduced to yet and so it has been so refreshing to you know really be critical about myself, but not in a derogatory way, more of a, oh, okay. So I can't always have conversations with people. Sometimes I have to have conversations with me. Like I make mistakes on air sometimes. And my guests have said, actually, this is what it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I know a lot of people might want to cut that out, but I make sure that it's there because I know that maybe someone else I know might make the same mistake. It's just, really trying to make sure you represent people in the best way possible even if that's just showing people that you're willing to learn and willing to recover and okay you made a mistake but what do you do after that and so I think it is like you know just as important to talk about the Drake stuff because I love that too (laughs) but I also enjoy making sure the conversation is like well-rounded and constantly learning from each other yeah. Yeah,
0: I feel like it doesn't have to be either or as well like it's nice to I think we went through a period or I feel like we still sometimes are guilty of focusing on a lot of negative stuff because there's a lot of negative stuff to be talked about so we do try to be wary of okay we've just talked about quite like a down topic let's balance it out with a bit of like what's going on in pop culture or um last week for example like um simran was getting all excited because there was an asda advert with someone called simran in it and it was nice you know putting that out afterwards i was like you know what yeah we can make wholesome content as well we don't have to be yeah. here yet. we don't have to be here I yelling about asda everything
1: advert. yeah oh my gosh that sounds so <laughs> go exciting. And watch it i was really happy i will <laughs> that's so exciting i think i saw him with the elf Elf one exactly that's the one that- that's the one oh yeah. <laughs> maybe i just didn't pay attention yeah sorry simran <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, <I'm
2: joking. laughs> but yeah no i think it is super important like to have that balance in that i, I also I, it'd be nice to get your thoughts on this as well like the stereotype of like asian people south asian people in particular having that sort of like we've been put in a box of like you're a doctor you're a lawyer you're this that and the other like you're a wizard math or you're an engineer or something like that and then you see them and we're artists and we're djs and poets and spoken word authors and like you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: podcast hosts and radio hosts and you know what have you like the amas taught us that we're in every single industry that exists do you know what That's i mean beautiful. we're there with chefs yeah. whatever do you know what i mean so like I really enjoy seeing us in that industry and kind of like breaking the mold on what is expected of us and being in this like creative part of like media in the world because I think for so long we've just been trapped in the doctor-lawyer dichotomy Mm. that it's like no no now it's time for us to be recognized in other spaces and I want to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah um, I absolutely agree I think I don't know about you but a lot of people have come to me and been like oh you're not like what I expected of an Indian Mm -hmm. person Mm and I'm like what is that though Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I don't think there's any way that a South Asian person is meant to be or like there are unfortunately a lot of stereotypes associated with characteristics of what South Asian people are meant to be whether that's because of the lack of representation or bad representation or just bad politics or whatever it is um we're always confined to these boxes of like, oh, so you're automatically just a lawyer or engineer, as you're saying. But in fact, South Asian people have achieved so many incredible things in so many corners of like the creative industry that, you know, things that I wouldn't even think about that exist, like they don't get appreciated enough and we don't see them being represented enough. It's always the, the, you know, when we're watching movies and things, it's always the stereotypical jobs that come across. They are very important jobs, of course, like they're pivotal. You know, a lot of the time South Asian people are portrayed as taxi drivers or their own corner shops. And that's brilliant. Like any job is a job and it's very important. But also we are also like vets or like, I don't know, bakers and handle <laughs> <all> makers. Yeah. <laughs> like, things in the kitchen right now <laughs> like yeah some of us are gardeners and yeah yeah, yeah. movie makers you know exactly. some, some people don't realize that there is no this is how a South Asian uh-huh. person is meant to be like or this is what jobs are supposed to be in but or, I feel like that's kind uh, of what
2: what I'm saying is that like Now we are in those spaces, and like you said, you get the comments about like you're not what I expected for a Tamil girl or an Asian girl or a brown girl or whatever. And I've gotten my fair share of that as well, especially now that I'm working, I've gotten a lot of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just feels like kind of back to what the Nila extract is about, and it's having those conversations and making us realize that the options are broad now. There's it's no more about what are people gonna say, what are people gonna think, what your mom and dad are gonna think. Like now, it's like no, 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 we're living for ourselves, and like we can do what we like,
1: yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, I also think, you know, I never expected to see South Asian people. Di- like, w- I mean, I don't know if you watched Bridgerton season two. Mm-hmm. It wasn't incredible, but it was also massive because there were two like South Indian Tamil girls. Yeah. Uh, or just Tamil women. I don't think they were both. That's my bad. Um, But Tamil women, uh, melanin rich skin, like as main characters. And they were like, desired and yeah they were like all about just being south asian and i've never seen that before i've always felt like oh because i'm brown i am less desirable than my peers <laughs> do you know what i mean it's always like oh you're not the indian that i expected you're not very shy and timid like it's it's all these random microaggressions and stereotypes that you mm-hmm. don't even expect but as you said like times are changing like we're seeing people like us just be people like us on TV, and that's something I'm still getting used to. So, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: on that note as well, like obviously, you've just made reference to um, terminal representation. Um, and obviously, I don't want to get into too much detail in regards to your experience at the school in Singapore as well, but I'm presuming that that might have been something along the lines of people attacking you maybe because of your ethnic heritage in regards to where you're from in South Asia um, and the color of your skin and would I be correct in saying that
1: yeah so I went to an Indian international school and I think when I was going to go there I just assumed that things would be better because it was going to be a school full of brown people um and I was like oh these are just like the same age group you know, they're all from the 21st century. They understand. They've seen uh, the awful representation. They, they've seen the problems that we face as a community. I just went in thinking everything's going to be great. Like I gonna, I'm gonna i going to feel like I fit in. But yeah, it was, as, as you're saying, um, it wasn't like explicitly like where you're from sucks, but it was a lot of language hierarchies that I didn't know existed Caste-based discrimination, it was, yes, skin tone, um, more so than me. I think a lot of my fellow South Indian and other Tamil peers got it worse. Some of them have, like, darker skin tones. They were made fun of because of that. You know, the language that we spoke made fun of. That. I mean, I could go on about, like, language hierarchy for ages, but that was something massive. Like, even our teachers would treat us differently if they knew that we wouldn't speak Hindi for example which is crazy. This is like an English based school. You know, I wouldn't see why that matters too much, but it was it was a shame. Um I think within South Asian media itself there is a lot of bad portrayals of other parts of South Asia. It's not done amazingly and I know a lot about South Indian representation by other places just because I relate to it more, but I'm sure other regions also have it you know not been done great before but because of all these films that had depicted us in such a stereotypical way like making exaggerations that don't exist people would associate me with that and I would be shocked because sometimes I wouldn't have watched these films and they'd make references and assume that I have like shrines of a certain actor or you know I always eat this or the language I speak sounds funny or like but my friend's or not my like my peers would record me when I was talking to my parents on the phone because they think it was funny and I'd be like you do realize like when you talk to your parents I also can't understand what you're saying like but I don't think that's funny or well so it was a lot of association with that um, which was a shame because you know it was always oh you learn our culture stuff to fit in or whatever, but it wouldn't be kind of the other way around. Like, let us learn a bit about you. Um, especially when a lot of us, and I knew people in my school were watching things like money heist and k-dramas with subtitles, but they wouldn't watch like a South Indian film with subtitles because it was lame. Um, so it was a lot of it's a lot of internal politics, I guess. And I as I was saying, like I never realized that that this was a thing. Like I never experienced that when I lived here in the UK. So that was quite a shock yeah have you have you experienced that do you think like both of you like within the South Asian community do you think you've ever felt out of place like that
2: in school no because I grew up in Slough which is very heavily South Asian um I'd say I experienced things within like my family in terms of like colorism I would hear a lot of things that were like very castist within like the Punjabi and the Indian community but nothing directed at me and then uni changed everything because that's then I actually became the minority. I felt like the minority in Liverpool, yeah. right? I was very much the minority in Liverpool. Um, and it flipped my perspective of the world literally on its head. And that's a big reason why I started this show, like where I came onto the show, because I wanted to see if my experience resonated with anybody else. And suddenly I'd gone from like speaking Punjabi with my friends in school, we'd have like banter in Punjabi, even my friends who. Uh, weren't Sikh or from Punjab could also speak Punjabi or we would just kind of make it work in a weird like Punjabi, Hindi, Urdu mashup, right? Um, To like no one getting it and people telling me that my tan is so great and they wish I had my tan, but without the racism and like it's like weird things like that. And like, obviously like that was from the students, but then Scousers, like the older people that live there, on the whole, 99.9% of them, the loveliest people I've ever met. Mm. My heart's in Liverpool. I want to move back there. Like, literally, I love that place. But there was a couple of encounters where I was like, damn, these people are racist as hell. (laughs) Like, it was bad. Um, So that's probably my experience of it. And now, like, coming back to London is a bit more like, I don't feel like there's a difference between me and any person that you could see on the street because it's so diverse, like, ethnically.
1: Absolutely. I this you know, since moving to London, this is the first time I've actually had brown friends like properly mm-hmm. when I lived in Nottingham during uni I still felt really weird as he was saying it was very different like yeah. it was sneaky I think it's that age where everyone's trying to find out who they are as well yeah. and like everyone's confused everyone can be a bit poopy you know I don't know if I can swear here so I said poopy um, Sorry. <laughs> very well
0: done yeah you can't swear so thank you for that
1: that's okay. Not so not every not
0: every guest we've had on would be that in ahead of themselves so thank you. True. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to say poopy for something that rhymes with poopy. Um of course I know. Oh yeah, so also a lot of them would be like you know they'd come back from summer holidays and she's like look I'm almost the same color yeah. as you now yeah. and I'm like yeah, that's not how it works um oh oh you're so lucky you don't tan and I was like yes I do yeah you don't need sun cream you must say save, much- save so much money that's not how <sighs> skin works but thank stop you. it you're giving me actual PTSD <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy and I've gotten that since um You know, like, mostly in, uh, you know, Nottingham and other places. Um, Again, lovely place. Like, but I never had any brown friends there. I think I still felt out of place and kind of stopped trusting people who looked like me in a way. Like, I was just so scared of having Mm -hmm, a bad mm -hmm. experience again. But then once I came to London, as you were saying, like, I literally stand at traffic place. Traffic light? Traffic light. My God. Um, And there are, like, six people, all six different languages. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. No one bats an eye. Yeah, finally, like, yeah, finally finding parts of my heritage and community. And I'm trying to embrace that more, and it feels good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're at that stage now because I think it is really sad. I think a lot of people are ignorant to the fact that um, oppression doesn't necessarily stop at just. Um, need of a better word white and black like it's not it's not as simple as that like you know what I mean like there's so many layers of intersectionality within um different cultures as well like you've got so many different forms of people just not it's not being nice basically <laughs> that's what it is yeah. but it, it's sad because I always see this as well like I think with the state of what's going on in the UK or what has been going on in the UK Um, I think probably most recently with the um, Hindu-Muslim clashes in Leicester as well, stuff like that that I see and I'm just like, it's so sad that we fight each other when realistically there is one overall oppressor here that has a lot more, that is benefiting from these two communities actually going at each other's throats more. It's like, what could we actually achieve if we actually like came together and understand ourselves and stopped just yeah stopped these like like i don't understand really how people can be angry at the history of like colonialism for example mm-hmm. and be like oh yeah the british did this to us back then blah 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 but then and the same breath like start criticizing someone else within their community for having like too dark skin or criticizing another brown person because they're not their religion. You know what I mean? Like it, it's sad that that still exists. Definitely.
1: It's a shame. Absolutely. And I think especially during a time where we really, really need to lift each other up. Like it's so easy to pit someone against someone just because of this. Like it's, it's crazy. And like when I heard about the clashes that were happening, like I was, I was really like scared and worried obviously but also just disappointed like I I didn't really know how to process it because I don't know and there was just not enough coverage about it either and so I was just really confused on why this was happening or what caused this and so yeah I definitely think there is a massive gap on how we receive that information and how if we just sat and talked about it i know it's not as easy as it sounds obviously but if we just kept having conversations like this and addressing what the underlying issue is here or whatever it is or work together to kind of reduce the effects of other things how effective that same of how passion for something can be um which which i think is it's just sad yeah, yeah.
0: Doing what I was talking about before and flipping things onto a positive note now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last night you were at the Student Radio Awards and you won, right?
1: Yeah, I won, um, I won the Silver award, uh, which was crazy. Um, I already felt like really honoured to be back for a second year because um, I was there last year. Um, and I won Best Presenter. And that was like the best day of my life. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, it was very surreal. I think by the end of that evening, I was so drunk that I could not process. I got on stage and I gave out a speech and I was crying and I, it was a lot. Um, but it was incredible. And this year, even to be nominated, I felt very honoured. And so, yeah, that, that's what happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah oh well congratulations thank you so much and congrats to you guys as well like you were nominated for an ama and as we were saying like, we just missed each other but i was cheering for you guys i was just like oh my god I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah what do you think about stuff like that as well because obviously uh like with us i'd like to think you as well when we're putting this out it's not necessarily we're not seeking the validation of oh here you go here's a like a nice prize like wh- you, you don't need that to know that you've done something good right but at the same time obviously it's nice to be recognized for that sort of thing so how how do you feel like when you're making them when you get these awards do you do you feel like that sense of like yeah you know what I've actually like this this is this is like what I need in terms of this is showing that I've helped make a difference or do you think like regardless you'd just be like you know what I don't I don't need that like I know what I'm doing is like making a difference I don't need validation of this that the other sort of thing yeah
1: I mean, that's a really nice question, actually, because I've never really like thought about it in that way. But as you were saying, I, I mean, I've never been bothered about how many followers or listeners. Like, I don't care if it's a thousand one day and like 50 the other day or two the next day. I'm just shocked that anyone is listening to the show or firstly. <laughs> um, secondly, I... I think with the awards, I as much as I'm really, really grateful to be to have received what I have received um, and as much as it is validating being like, OK, I'm on the right path. It feels amazing to be recognized for this when no other people like me have been. And I can also share my message saying that this is what I'm doing and more people need to be having these conversations at the same time you know, I don't, I don't win things all the time. Um, you know, I was nominated for the AMAs. I, I didn't win, but I didn't mind at all. I was honored to be nominated, but at the same time, it just felt good being there. And it felt good seeing so many incredible people who also are doing a great job, while whatever they're doing in the creative industry. And so it's so nice to network with people. And Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's ever given me like that validation. I think I've always just felt like what I'm doing is having an impact on others, Um, mostly because a few people have messaged in or I've spoken to people and they've been like, I listened to your show. You told my story or like you invited a guest from my community. I've never heard that someone do that before. And things like that, I think mean more to me than getting an award as, as much as I like getting an award I'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> it's funny great. um I'm not, I'm not I'm not complaining but I think that means more to me you know resonating with someone and making like my 50 year old dad feel like he was hearing mm-hmm. his story from someone but he's never heard that before or like my brother feeling like someone on the show who he's never met just sounds like his sister but is not his sister do you know what I mean that means a lot more to me that someone out there resonates with it or someone learned something or they just feel like, Oh, I'm just going to share this episode because this will help me have an easier conversation about this issue with my family. It's like a gateway. And I think that's more important to me for sure. Mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question, by the way.
0: No, definitely. I
1: was just thinking about this for the first time. (laughs) So all these thoughts were just like, (laughs)
0: i think it's um really um nice as well because obviously stating obvious fact you are um tamil you are south asian um that doesn't necessarily it's not all that you are but at the same time as well it's so nice to see you winning these awards because whilst the amas are a great thing um and it, it they're very much needed in order to make sure that asian talent is recognized and celebrated it's really nice to see that you are winning stuff and being recognized in areas that are more um diverse in that sense like and it's not just going to people um who have an easier path for say because i think we do still live in a world where the lighter your skin is realistically you are going to find it easier to navigate the creative industry. I think that's just the way it oh, is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Colorism sucks. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but the fact that you've been um, you've won a best presenter and then also you got in silver last night. Um, I'm not sure what the category name was. <laughs> uh, sorry. Thank you very
1: much. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was for best multi platform initiative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Nice. I like nothing about that. Is anything to do with like race or ethnicity or anything you know what I mean and the fact that you have won that solely because of what you're doing like I think it's really great to see that I think we need to see more of that definitely
1: thank you that really means a lot to me and I think it meant a lot to me that I won these because I genuinely thought people like me don't win these things like I've seen and I've watched countless of awards and things like this where it's just white people giving awards to white people as much as those white people are talented there are people of color who are talented too and don't get nominated and as I said I was very drunk the the best presenter award is the second to last award out of 19 um (laughs) yeah so I was just like I think I was nominated for three awards that night so I'd won silver for best newcomer or something and that was at the beginning and then after that I didn't win for the other thing so I just sat there and I was like oh I'm not winning anything I feel sorry for myself and then suddenly they were just like Miller Vorman I was like what um and it just felt so surreal because there I was and once again like most of the crowd there was like three people of color in the whole room like it, it felt amazing because as you said um a lot of the time, just because I'm brown and I have a show, people just, like, like associate my ethnicity with it. I think someone, once I was talking to, like, a collaborator, and they were just like, oh, your show's all just about ethnic vibes. And I was like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just like... "Oh," And she's like, yeah, you're just, like, about representation and stuff, like, ethnic stuff. And I was like... <laughs> You know, like, I don't just talk about my ethnicity. I don't even just talk about ethnicity. Like, the topics range from being an LGBTQIA ally ally, to sex education to, like, I don't know, cookies. So it's just, it's very, very varied. And I think a lot of the time people think just because you're brown, you win brown awards. Like, best brown person or whatever. But that's not true. And so it did feel wonderful to be recognized in that way. Um, again, I'm not complaining. I'm not going to give them back. <laughs> I'm going to keep the awards. <laughs> but at the same time, I really hope that more people are recognized in awards and in ways that aren't just for people of colour, although those awards are very important and pivotal in uplifting them and giving them platforms that we may not get in other spaces. I think it's just as important to recognise them when we do happen to get into spaces where we are the minority. It's important to amplify. And please do. (laughs) Please do. We're very talented people. Definitely. Aww. I loved that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Touching upon your um, presenting skills as well, obviously you get guests on your show for each episode, but... Um, having listened to it I couldn't help noticing how you're able to just hold the conversation with yourself for like 10 to 15 minutes before the guest <laughs> actually comes on like because I I say into Simran before like I've presented solo myself before um but it's very much like in a radio setting where maybe you speak for like two to five minutes max and then you can put another song on and I know you put songs in as well but like you do it's a speech-based show and you you're able to just carry it for that initial bit by yourself like how for anyone out there who might be interested in doing that sort of thing or doing like a solo podcast what advice would you have for people because I think a lot of people would probably end up waffling like you know what I mean like if you go into it without any sort of strategy. Um, it's just you and a mic, you are going to end up just talking nonsense. But mm-hmm. yeah, so how do you go about that?
1: Well, firstly, I'm very honoured that you listen to my show. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm touched. Um, yeah, so my, my, the structure of my show is usually if I don't have a guest on, it's just me talking for an hour. Um, with, like, multiple songs in between, but I talk for, like, 10 minutes at a time, or, like, however much I feel. Sometimes I put, like, multiple songs back to back, because I can. Um, But basically, the structure of my show is that 15 minutes or 20 minutes, however much I need to kind of give context to the listeners about what they're going to hear. Sometimes it's just relating it to my own upbringing and... Talking about personal experiences I've had. And I think it comes from that. I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to fill the time. If you view it in that way, you are going to waffle, you're going to say random things. I do it too all the time. I'm not an expert or anything. But as I said, like sometimes I start talking about colorism and then I start talking about how one day I would like to be eaten by a dinosaur. You know, it's quite random. But you have to make sure that your personality comes in throughout. Um, It's easier said than done, especially when we're in a time where podcasting and radioing is very much coming up in society. It's very easy to compare yourself to different styles of presenters, different ways that people put themselves out there or the transitions that they do or the various links that they do or like certain little things that they do. It takes a while to find out what works for you. But I would just say agency it's so important, it's your show, it's your voice, whatever you put out there, it's just you. I think also the mic does not reply and that is the best thing that something could do because it's not going to tell you that you suck or that you're very good. The only person who's going to tell you that is yourself. And so I'd say, make sure that your personality comes out, be yourself, don't try to copy anyone else, just try to be your own version of whatever your presenting style is. And that's okay as you develop it, It will come across. I think I've been talking for like 15 minutes now anyway. It just it just happens. Let your mind thought, And that is okay. That's what I'd say. Uh, And also just be really interested in the topic that you're talking about. If you are, then I feel like that comes across naturally. Um, I happen to I, I always like keep little notes. I don't like script anything because I just talk a lot. And my poor parents have had to put up with this my whole life um for them but uh maybe that's just why I talk a lot at the beginning of my show but I think it is important to make sure you pull in your guest. if you randomly just say hi guys so welcome bye like it's very easy but if you give them that touch of personal bits like sometimes my guest is like twice as old as me or younger than me and my guest isn't for example but maybe they're the same age as me and they're just like oh so she kind of feels this way okay, let me listen to what this other person has to say about it. Maybe they'll give us some guidance. It's it's, it's very much just giving context, but in a way that you would like for it to be told to you, if that sort of makes sense.
0: Definitely.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if that makes I'm sense. Obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> that was a lot of words. She goes, let your mind fart and that's okay. And that's oh, just all not. I needed so to be told. You spoke to my inner child when you said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. I mean, I just
2: farted. Are you guys, <laughs> thank you for farting on us. You're welcome. I hope <laughs> it
1: didn't smell too bad. <laughs>
0: I'm a bit blown away, <laughs> like, li- literally. <laughs> um, but aside from the farting lingo as well, I do have to say, like, I feel like you speak with so much like as well even though like you've only been doing this for like two years I think you speak with so much knowledge and wisdom in this area do you know what I mean like I feel like you really know how to do this sort of thing so clearly I think although you might have been annoying your parents growing up I think you were <laughs> sort of destined for this sort of thing, <laughs>
1: I think I've always wanted to talk in some capacity or the other, for sure. <laughs> I th- I always tell my parents and everyone who knows me personally, they just, my lifelong dream is to get an Academy Award and then just retire. <laughs> so I, I will, I don't know. It's just like a lot of talking. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Um, but I'm just really grateful for my parents for encouraging me to keep talking about good things and not bad things
0: yeah <laughs> shout out to them
1: yeah thanks for
0: saying I'm wise that was very nice you could, you could well no it's the whole way. I ever since our conversation at the beginning when realized that I'm like five years old and now I feel like I've just like I'm on I'm on this whole like mind trip thing now but I do think <laughs> considering that like I'm not obviously I'm trying not to speak as if a sort of over oh, someone your age but like at the same time like you are obviously in you're only in your early 20s and you do seem to have your ish together. So, like, <laughs> definitely. Oh,
1: yeah. you are very kind. I think I'm still learning an, a lot. I have a long way to go. And I'm just, I love listening As much as I do talk and so I'm just excited to see what other people have to say about their experiences big or small always means something and I'm learning so much so I'm just really privileged that people like you want to even talk to me like this is one of the first times I'm talking on another show so it feels really cool but conversations like this are so important and I'm learning a lot from you guys so thank you for having me.
0: Thank you as well and if people do want to go and like listen to your show or follow on socials, like where's the best place for them to find you?
1: Um, so my show streams live on urn.1350, which is my student radio show site. But I understand that you all have lives. Um, even I don't listen to my show live sometimes. And I uh, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, the Nilla Extract is on all podcast streaming platforms, wherever you find your shows, it will be there i hope uh, even on sites that they haven't really asked me for permission for i should probably get it <laughs> somehow uh, <laughs> but uh, you can also follow me on instagram i post lots of collaborative content with guests that i've had on the show um as i said i'm trying to constantly learn so we talk about lots of social issues and everyday issues and current affairs in collaboration with each other so i can learn from them and you can learn from them and bite-sized portions you know I understand that not everyone can digest an hour-long episode or a half an hour-long episode but even if it takes you part of the way there check it out (laughs) um sometimes I post random things and dinosaur pics so I like dinosaurs I don't know if you've realized
0: (laughs) as I say as a closing question then what's your favorite dinosaur
1: (sighs) you're mean (laughs) no i'm kidding i of course have one um it's a velociraptor i think it's quite basic for some people no, okay I, really for that. I think they're incredible like the hunting technique is crazy like that's why i said i kind of want to be eaten by a dinosaur if i could go to the past and like see dinosaurs i would readily just say eat me like i want to be hunted from the sides like it's mind-blowing Sorry, I realised
0: Hey, uh, <laughs> You know what? It's giving him corn, kid, you know, the kid that's obsessed with corn on TikTok. This is what I'm getting now with the dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, I do like other things. I like other things. I have many other interests. I think dinosaurs no. just... No, just dinosaurs.
2: just dinosaurs and
1: podcasts. Oh, my gosh, that'll be so fun. Dinosaur podcast? Yeah. Let's do it. Paleontology? You, you hate it first. <laughs>
0: on that note thanks so much uh, thank you so Nilo much for, for joining, joining us. us it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah it's not every day we talk about brain farting and dinosaurs and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm wondering whether i'm gonna pinch myself and wake up in a second but like, <laughs> well, yeah. thank
1: you so much for having me um i hope i didn't uh Brain fart too much, uh, and just the right what amount I said made sense and some capacity. And yes, hope. thank you.
2: No, it was great, thank you so much.
0: Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala Pie Radio, South Asian show. My name is Gerns, and I am joined here by Simran. How are you doing? Hi,
2: yeah you're right. <sighs>
0: you know what simran it's too late in the day like do you know what it
2: really is too late in the day
0: (laughs) earlier um on this evening simran was saying about how like we influence her to be more northern and i just want to do it yeah i just want to go back and say like it's not it's not like we convince her to say bath instead of bath it's just that it just makes she just starts imitating us it's not it's not it's not a natural thing like you know what i mean like it's not like it's like subtly building its way into your vocabulary it's just it makes you pretend to be on coronation street
2: no it's so true because i just end up i just end up like
0: taking the makeup out of you lot it's kind of racist
2: because when you sound like dead Mike, that I'm like, I have to, I have to just, you know what, like my brain short circuits and I have to say it, what you just said. I can't remember what you said in the Corrie, like little section, but it, like all instinct bypassed any filter I have on my brain, right? And what you had just said, it just came out of my mouth. I love it. It's such a good accent though. No. Manchester and Irish accents are top tier.
0: Yeah, in Liverpool, and they're all like in the same sort of it makes sense. They're all like in the same sort of area, aren't they? Like,
2: yeah, I do like Scots accents, I do, but they're not. But they, but Manx and Irish are above. But Irish people, I can't understand Irish people. I really can't.
0: Yeah, no, sometimes in Derry Girls, I do need the subtitles.
2: I've been like in Liverpool. I had some Irish friends, and when we'd go clubbing, it was just what, what. <laughs> Like it was, it was bad. We'd we'd get nowhere in a conversation.
0: Anyway, earlier on, Simran was talking to me about her teeth. How she just went to the dentist.
2: First of all, the dentists are burglars and thieves.
0: In Simran's opinion,
2: burglars was really the <laughs> wrong word to use. <laughs>
0: It's not like they're storming into your mouth, like, could be your teeth.
2: Fuck, you she <laughs> may as well have been if you'd seen the amount of blood that was on my uh, flipping bib thing. Like, oh, listen, yeah, you know what? The dentist, I need dental work done, guys. I want braces. So as a part of that, I need like a billion checkups and I have to go for like, like obviously shopping around all these clinics because none of them tell me the same thing. If anyone's listening to this and you've had Invisalign or braces, please hit me up because I need help. I need assistance and advice and recommendations. But anyway, I have to go to the dentist, get some work done. And like, I just don't like the dentist. I'm really scared. Like I was, today I was super nervous. Like I just really, really dislike the dentist. And, like, first of all, why do you have to wait for so long? Why are the receptionists so mean? Why are they so mean on the phone? Why are they mean in real life? Secondly, then they call you and you go into the world's scariest room. It literally looks like something out of, like, the Saw films.
0: Now, can we also say, like, why is it that every single UK dentist is just in some random, like, terraced house, do you know what I mean? Oh, like, preach why? it. And, like, they have these really steep stairs. And it's like, oh, I, I don't understand why. why? Like...
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. I never even really thought about that. You're so right. And then, like, I feel like if you were... If you grew up in isolation and you never understood... You never knew what a dentist was and someone took you to a dentist's office, you would literally probably have a panic attack. Because what? And then you sit on a chair that moves and they're like moving you all around and you just feel like so vulnerable like anyway petrifying chairs moving i'm there i'm vulnerable then they just assault your mouth for like an hour and then on top of that they're speaking another language um they're like they're like literally like oh a32 next to the Wiz khalifa underneath the like angel of the north and i'm just literally sitting there like
0: yeah, I was about to say, before you explained that, I was about to say, Simran, is there, have you got some kind of political affiliation that you're not telling us about? What, <laughs> but,
2: with the dentist?
0: Yeah, I'm like, oh, they always speak another language. <laughs> All these dentists coming over here taking our jobs. But,
2: uh, oh, <laughs> 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 no, they have, like, a dentist language, and I don't understand what they're saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they're talking about, like, the different teeth inside your mouth, but, it yeah.
2: But they must do it on purpose. They no, have, uh, like, There's no other reason why they can't just say like, oh, this tooth here kind of sucks.
0: <laughs> mm, I don't know about that, but I do think it does make you feel paranoid because you're like, well, what's wrong with that one? And like, yeah, like how bad? <laughs> how bad? Yeah. Is it
2: good? Is it bad? Because like mm. they genuinely say words. Obviously it's all medical stuff, fair. But like, say it like this tooth here could do with, I don't know, a brush. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
0: what was it, five years of dental school to be like, yep, this needs a brush.
2: To make my life easier, yeah. And you know what the worst part is? You just sit through it. It's painful, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward. You're just getting offended because they're being mean to you. And then... They get like tell you how to like obviously this is so gen this I'm being really general right now. This is so not to all dentists I'm sure there are lovely dentists out there. Um and if my dentists are listening to this.
0: <laughs> you don't want to you um, don't want to annoy <laughs> them simran They've got yeah, access to some um, scary no tools. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, no teeth. Um yeah, and then they just like tell you how to like brush your teeth like you haven't been doing it like for your entire into- your whole life, right? And it's just like, oh man. And then on top of that now you have to pay money for it. Like, stupid amount of money to, like, get whatever procedure you need done. So it's like, I'm actually paying for the pleasure of this whole ordeal. And it is an ordeal.
0: Yes, yeah, it's just a taste of what it would be like if the NHS was privatised, right?
2: Ooh, shout out America.
0: I feel like we should just round this round this off. Of like-
2: <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening.
0: Yeah. Thank you for what has been a very pleasant episode. Um we shout were debating Yeah, shout out Nilla definitely go and check out her show. And we were disc- we were debating as to whether we were going to cover the autumn statement, but you know what, it doesn't hurt to have like a good vibes episode. We'll save bad vibes island for next week.
2: Shall I say one piece of good news?
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: I got a first in my master's dissertation, guys. Yeah. If you'd like to read it, please email me. <laughs> so yeah, um, big achievement. I'm very happy. I really wasn't expecting it. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I'm just super, super, super happy. And it paid off, considering the amount that I spent this last year complaining.
0: Yeah. Simra was saying before that she thinks that she stressed so much over the course of this year that she moved her teeth.
2: Why are you saying? Why are I saying it like I'm conspiracy, cons- It's happened. It's true. I can show <laughs> you the picture.
0: No, I know I'm saying like, oh, it was worth it. Like you're saying.
2: Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The stress on that. It's you know what? It's funny, and we could okay, we could actually go into depth about this, but it's it's really crazy how you dole down a situation once you're out of it and you play it down because I'm very open and honest about the fact that I really struggled the last year like it's not been a great year like in terms of stress levels and like managing my work I learned a lot about myself and it's been a very 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 intense full-on and stressful year and it's very easy a once it's done and you're past that point in your life and b when you've had a good outcome from it like the grade to really play down the experience but it's so easy for me to sit here and be like, yeah, it was it was rough, but we made it through. Do you know what I mean? But like it really was rough, like focusing on that part and not negating like the struggle that myself and a lot of other people go through in. in Oh, my God, all aspects of school from nursery all the way up. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah. Um, thank you to everyone that's tuned in today. Um, make sure to go check us out on socials at Mango Masala Radio. And yeah, we will see you same time next week, 2 to 4 pm on Pi Radio. Until then,
2: bye guys.